Hi there. Welcome to episode 78, which is a Girl Take the Lead soundbite. A soundbite is a short episode, which may be a bit more about a topic we've covered in a longer form podcast episode or a quick inspiration. I'm your host, Yo Kenny. So with 4th of July around the corner, this episode is an update to episode 26, which we did last year at about the same time. That episode was about the emotions that are tied to patriotism, and we had help from Brene Brown and Susan Cain to help us understand those. We began episode 26 outlining the current statistics associated with patriotism, and after researching to see if there were any changes to those metrics, I can report that there are none. There's even been a recent Wall Street Journal survey which found that our extremely or very proud measures for patriotism, as well as our confidence in the Supreme Court, are still at an all-time low. I also checked in with some of the friends that provided input and found their views as presented in episode 26 had not changed. Linda sent me this, and I think she speaks for all of us when she said, I think I pretty much feel the same way as last year. But I would probably add the need to, besides celebrating what's great about our country, we need to even be more intentional about ways to fix the things about our country that are not right. And people with differing views need to come together more than ever and figure out how to get things done in a civil manner. Having said that, there is also much work to do, but I am an optimist and I believe we can get significant work done in the near future. You might also remember we also had input from someone in the Ukraine, and I checked in with her too, and I'm happy to report she's doing well and stated she was very grateful. Oh, what a lovely emotion gratitude is after reading that from her, and I guess many of us will experience it around this time, during the celebrations, family get-togethers, and as we reflect on our country's independence. Brene Brown says gratitude is a place we go when life is good. And here's a quote from her book. Gratitude is an emotion that reflects our deep appreciation for what we value, what brings us meaning to our lives, and what makes us feel connected to ourselves and others. Perhaps that is why... (laughs) Perhaps all of us tear up listening to the national anthem being sung by a community like we did at the end of episode 26 at that hockey game. It goes deep, doesn't it? Also in that episode, we talked about this bittersweet side of patriotism that Susan Cain offered us, and I wanted to add some more thoughts about that. Here's what she said. Quote, I've concluded that bittersweetness is not, as we tend to think, just a momentary feeling or event. It's also a quiet force, a way of being, a storied tradition. As dramatically overlooked as it is brimming with human potential, it's an authentic and elevating response to the problem of being alive in a deeply flawed yet stubbornly beautiful world. Recently, I was in conversation with a guest we'll have join us in September. Donna Rubin, author of the book, Speaking While Female, 75 Extraordinary Speeches by American Women. And she reminded me how thousands of American women voices have been omitted from American history. 
to address this, she researched speeches and collected them in her book. Included was a speech from Deborah Sampson Gannett, who cut her hair, bound her chest, put on men's clothes, and enlisted in the Continental Army and became part of the light infantry troops. She fought bravely and was discovered 17 months later when treated at the hospital. She was granted an honorable discharge, and I'll put the link to her speech in the show notes. I had the question after talking to Donna and checking out Deborah Sampson Gannett's speech. Who were the other women besides her that played a role in our independence? So I just had to do a bit of research. And here are some notables. Abigail Adams, the wife of John Adams, a founding father who we probably all know and the second president of the United States, she exchanged numerous letters with her husband during the Revolutionary War. She expressed concerns about the limited rights and legal status of women, urging her husband to remember the ladies. And she wrote to him in 7076 the following, quote, I desire you would remember the ladies and be more generous and favorable to them than your ancestors. Do not put such unlimited power into the hands of the husbands. Remember, all men would be tyrants if they could. (laughs) Gotta love what Abigail said. And then there's Sybil Luddington at the age of 16, undertook a daring ride in 1777 to alert American militia forces of an impending British attack in Danbury, Connecticut. Her 40-mile journey through the night helped mobilize troops and played a crucial role in defending against the British. Also, Anne Bailey, known as Mad Anne, was a frontier scout during the Revolutionary War. She traveled long distances on horseback, delivering messages and intelligence to American forces and warning settlements of impending attacks. So move over, Paul Revere. We got some women in the house. Oh, yeah. Deborah wasn't the only woman to show leadership on the battlefield. There was also Molly Pitcher, whose real name was Mary Ludwig Hayes McCauley became known as Molly Pitcher for her actions during the Battle of Monmouth in 1778. She provided water to soldiers, and when her husband was wounded, took his place at a cannon, assisting the fight against the British. And Margaret Corbin took up her husband's cannon duties during the Battle of Fort Washington in 1776 after he was killed. She continued to fire the cannon until she was severely wounded. Her actions really were about leadership, courage, and dedication. And we got spies. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Lydia Dara, a Quaker woman in Philadelphia, overheard British military plans during the occupation of the city. She bravely relayed the information to General George Washington, enabling him to anticipate British movements and strategize accordingly. And Nancy Hart, a frontier woman in Georgia. According to legend, she spied on British soldiers, captured several Tories, and even killed a British soldier who had threatened her family. (laughs) All right, Nancy. (laughs) And some notable African-American women like Phyllis Wheatley, 
the first African-American woman and second woman to publish a book of poems. Although she supported the Patriots during the American Revolution, she also wrote several letters to George Washington, ministers, and others on liberty and freedom. And let's also remember Sojourner Truth, an African-American abolitionist and women's right advocate. In her Ain't I a Woman speech in 1851, which was after the fight for independence, she highlights the strength and resilience of African-American women. Here's an excerpt which captures the essence and power of her speech. The exact words she used may have been different. The speech itself was delivered in 1851 at the American Rights Convention in Akron, Ohio, and it addressed issues of gender inequality and challenged prevailing stereotypes about women's capabilities. Quote, that man over there says that women need to be helped into carriages and lifted over ditches and to have the best place everywhere. Nobody ever helps me into carriages or over mud puddles or gives me any best place. And ain't I a woman? Look at me. Look at my arm. I have plowed and planted and gathered into barns and no man could heed me. And ain't I a woman? I could work as much and eat as much as a man when I could get it and bear the lash as well. And ain't I a woman? I have borne 13 children and seen most all sold off to slavery. And when I cried out with my mother's grief, none but Jesus heard me. And ain't I a woman? Let us also be grateful to the women whose names we don't know, at risk to themselves, who participated actively in protest demonstrations and political movements advocating for independence, formed and joined political organizations dedicated to achieving independence, wrote articles, pamphlets, and newspapers spreading awareness about the injustice of colonial rule and advocating for freedom were active participants in underground resistance movements, engaging in espionage, intelligence gathering, and sabotage, played a crucial role in raising funds and mobilizing resources to support the independence movements, providing financial aid and supplies to the fighters and their families, provided medical care and support to the wounded soldiers and fighters as nurses, treating injuries, providing health care services, and offering comfort and support to those involved in the armed struggle for independence. And those recognized the importance of education in fostering a sense of national identity and unity. And lastly, played a vital role in maintaining households, farms, and businesses while their male counterparts were away at war. And on that note, my dear friends, we'll end today's episode. May we all be filled with gratitude and appreciation for the women who have gone before us and risked so much for our freedom and independence. If you'd like to hear more about patriotism, 
check out episode 26 and stay tuned for more sound bites. Thanks for listening. And join our Girl Take the Lead Facebook group. Visit our GirlTakeTheLeadPod.com website or check out our new Girl Take the Lead YouTube sound bite videos. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.